Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for another Premier League show. We have a full house tonight and it's been uh, a while since I've been able to say that. And uh, can welcome back Colin McDuff. How are you, Colin? I'm good, Mason. Good. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a hiatus from the Premier League podcast. Last time I was on, talking about in a title race and Michael B only had one Twitter account. So a lot's changed for a lot to get caught up on. <laughs> you caught me off guard, man. <laughs> you caught me off guard with that, mate. Um, Keep it in, let it run. It's fine. Uh, I have that effect. You got to leave that. That was good. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a shocker today, wasn't it? Absolute shocker. Um, but good to have you on, Colin. We've also got Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I had to go after Colin. Now I look like a poor entry. Yeah, no, I'm brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> No, I'm great to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Top man. I've also got Johnny. How are you, Johnny? I'm great, mate. Always nice to be back. Good to have a gaffer with us again. Yeah, it is. And we'll start. We'll start with a with a gaffer. Uh, Colin, and I've got to get this one out of the way early because it was a a, a shocker of a game. Uh, when that's putting it putting it nicely, um, Everton um, won. Palace won. The big news from last night, though, was Hudson finally um, been relieved of duties. Um, there was rumours about that for the last 10 days or so. And Glasner has come in, um, someone that I don't really want to talk about too much because every time he gets mentioned, 2022 Seville gets mentioned. So uh, we'll quickly skip by that. But um, just, just on the appointment, what was your thoughts on that? I think it was a sort of long time coming. Uh, a lot of Palace fans respected what Hodgson done, but it was definitely time for, for change. 
Yeah, I, listen, um, obviously, Roy Hodgson, he, he's an old well man, like, all the best uh, to him in his recovery. Like, he's a very likeable man in football in general, but he's done in the game. Um, I think I said at the time, well, quite a few said at the time when he was brought back to Palace, it wasn't very... It wasn't very forward thinking at all, very short sighted. And that's if you look at where they are in the league, um, it, they did get an initial bounce and there were snippets here and there when he was getting, getting the team to rally around. But it was never going to, it, it was never going to be a, a long term um, appointment. Palace see themselves as a, you know, what, top 10 club. That's what they're, that's what they're aiming for. They are getting, they are getting sucked into this relegation battle. Only five points clear of the danger zone, so I think it's it's the right time to go and do something different. I think they can. Um, I, I think there's a good enough squad there um, where they can go and start get some decent points to to get themselves safe um, before the last the last run in the games. Yeah, Jamie, they're, they're definitely in a relegation battle. Um, I think I think watching that last night, I don't think they're out of it. Um, they've been brave. I think me and Johnny said last week, and yourself, are they going to be brave and make the change? Uh, they have. Um, I thought they were the better team last night in terms of, of, of the way they, they went about. I think actually, to be fair, out of both teams, um, there were some good moments for, for Palace. Um, but there, as Colin just said, there is some players there needs to work with. The big one would be obviously getting Eze and uh, Elise in, in the team. But um, just staying up is it, it, so important for Palace this season. Yeah, I, I you know what I think I think a point last night will actually have, would have done them some kind of you know um, some positive that they you know to, to kind of you know build up the tally points if you like because they've been such a decline recently. As you said, last night's game was absolutely honking um, from a, a spectacle point of view. Um, it looked like it was going to be a draw uh, right from kickoff. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, his, his ability to shoot right now is just non-existent. Um, and Palace, you don't know where the goals are coming from. It took a it took a cracking goal from Ayu to get in. Excuse me. But then I thought the goalkeeper had had a good game um, up until the point of the goal went in. Um, he, he flapped a couple of when the corners came in. But we said last week would we make the change, and I think the, I think I think the two of us did say that we would make the change. I, I don't I'm I'm not I don't know much about the guy coming in Glasner, but I did listen to a couple of podcasts of him over the weekend, um, and and from what I can tell, he seems to be a bit of a serial winner. Um, you know, we obviously know how we got on with Eintracht Frankfurt, but if you go before then, it was at Wolfsburg for two seasons. Um, he he managed to get them to the Europa League the season where he left. They would they got relegated, so it tells you there's a potential big impact of what he has on the team. Before then, he was in Austria. He got I think with two different teams. He got one team promoted to the first team to the first division, and the second team into a Europa League spot. So this shows us he's a kind of man that has pedigree in, in terms of getting into not necessarily winning the big trophies, but in, a, in a, an order to kind of get them competing. And that's what Crystal Palace are probably looking for. They're not looking for somebody to come in and earn the stripes, if you like. They need someone that knows how to get them going up the table. It's fair to say that we won't be judged on this season. Do you know what I mean? I, I think he's been brought in just to kind of stop the rot, if you like, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on next season. I, I'm I'm not overly worried by Palace. I think now they've made the change. I think they'll be absolutely fine. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Johnny, and just sort of last bit on on Palace. Uh, that was 14 games without a clean sheet for them. Um, so that, that was something that the players don't have to sort out straight away. And just Everton, um, touching them as well. I mean, again, I know that's just dash in the way they play, but we've, we've given we've gave him credit in the, in the past. But games at home to, to Palace is, is where, especially with the, the points deduction, they will feel like that's a, a missed uh, opportunity last night. And as Jamie said, they have the goals for forever, and just you know, the, the strikers are not are not scoring them. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very very much how Dice plays, Mason. Um, it's what he knows uh, to put it in a, a Scottish term. He is the Craig Levine of the Premier League. Uh, he doesn't really have that. I don't know how to put it. You know that flourishing attacking players and, and going at teams, he bruises teams, he bullies them. Uh, and it's, they tried to do the exact same against Palace, who, to be fair, gave as good as he got. And I mean, the game was honking. A couple of big chances early on. Both of them should have scored early on. I think they both went one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, but both times the keeper stopped it. Uh, but after that, it, it just went flat as hell. The the goals, I think I said to, to Jamie the other night, I said, when you watch Everton goals, they score ugly. You know, that's what they do. Every goal, it's usually a free kick. And it's usually Takuri or Anana just hammering somebody out of the way. Where I heard they score so many goals like that. I believe Takuri's still the top goal scorer. I might be wrong in that, but I think I'm right. Uh, and he's been out for a while injured. So that tells you that there's, you're right, there's nothing coming to the up top. I don't think Calvert-Lewin's a, you know, he's not a, a big goal scorer. You're going to get some. But... I think it probably fits perfectly into the way they play. So, I mean, yeah, I think they do need to improve that, mate. I think they, they, it would nice to, it'd be nice to see them more dynamic and change up a wee bit, depending on where they're playing. But under Deitch, I just don't see that happening. Mate. I think we're going to have a really bruised season for them and they're just trying to get their ass out of the bottom. I mean, they're still really, really close. I know they've got this appealing, but nothing might come of that. So... I think they're still same points as Luton and only Forest, like four points off them. So they've still got a lot of work to do. Um, and when you're in that position, there's a lot of pressure with that, you know, and to take those risks and go attacking. And it just really happens when a team's at the bottom of the league. I think they're very much in that bracket. Yeah, <clears throat> going from top to bottom, Colin, Liverpool won five of their last six away Premier League games now. Uh, Brentford have lost four of the last five home games, so that was a, a stick on for, for the weekend. But Liverpool come at win come at a cost, and, and obviously had three players going off injured in Jota, Jones, and who's the third one? Jota, Jones, and Lewis. Um, so with big games coming up, that'll be a blow to them. But I thought Liverpool, I think they could score it, score it easy at times at the weekend. Obviously, the returner, a Salah. Um, keeps on top of the league. Yeah, I think it just shows more the way how Brentford were defending. Um, but I, that's going to be a theme here tonight, I'm sure. Like, I'm actually offended with the level of defending that I've seen this weekend. Um, but I don't want to take it in a way for Liverpool. They're, they're free flowing best. They, they are just ruthless. They, they, if you make a mistake, if you make those types of mistakes, um, Liverpool are, are going to punish you. Um, yeah, for, I'm sure 
I'm sure Jamie and Johnny will have their own um, thoughts on this uh, with, with Sunday coming up, but I, I do hope the likes of Nunez, Jota, that they are fit for, for Sunday because I think you're starting to see the best of them. Um, Nunez has been really hit and miss um, since he joined Liverpool and I think you see him start to show why we bought him. It's a beautiful finish on, to, on, uh, on Saturday, um, even though the... Brentford need to do much better. Um, but no, Liverpool, that's why they're top of the league. We, we say this early on in the season, the way that they attack and pick teams off, the only worry you're going to be is if somebody hits them with a break. And to be fair, Brentford did try, and I thought they started quite brightly. They, they tried to go for a goal. Um, but no, Liverpool are just different gravy at the moment. Jamie, you must be a little bit concerned there. I thought Jota, uh, he was the best man to pitch before the injury. Um, and and this, this is something that, that Jota's had, you know, over his sort of Liverpool career. It, it does tend to pick up knocks and, and injuries quite quite a lot. Um, and I agree with Colin. I think Nunes, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nunes and I thought the finish was, was top quality. Something that I've actually said about Nunes before is if he has too much time, that's when he's... Is sort of worse. I think he's, he's quite an instinctive finisher, but but take nothing away from that finish at the weekend. And yeah, you must be pleased just to get you know go don't don't wrong, go away, score four goals, but with the with the setbacks during that as well. Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, isn't it? You know, um, as I was saying uh, to Johnny before the game kicked off, I'm actually quite nervous. Early game on a Saturday away to Brentford. Chasing, you know, the chasing pack behind us—it's a potential banana skin, because you, you know, you you've got one eye on the cup in a week's time. You're looking at rotation, and you're just thinking, today should have been about getting Salah minutes, you know, coming off the bench to a game that's potentially we could be winning two 0 and bringing the sub on and kind of getting those start, getting those uh, those minutes from. But a hand was forced at half time. You know, we lost Curtis Jones to an innocuous fall. Um, it's confirmed now he's out for about a month and a half um, because of the ligament damages that he sustained during that, um, which was very frustrating because he's been arguably one of our most important players since December. Um, and then obviously Jota to what can only be described as a double a double hit. You know, he gets stood on the foot by Alexis McAllister and then gets kind of vaulted into by the, I think it was Norsgaard. Um you, you can't compensate. You can't. You can't account for things like that. He's now confirmed. Klopp had a press conference today. And he's confirmed he's going to be missing for at least two months. These are not the kind of newsies that you want. See, when everybody's starting talking about that, can they make a serious title challenge? And you know, Jota's been probably the best player for the last three months in terms of the goals scored and the, the assists. Um, he's the second top goal scorer in the, in the team uh, across all competitions as a result of it. So to lose him and then lose Jones within minutes of each other was was quite worrying. Then everybody seen the team come out at the second half and there was no Nunes. And apparently Nunes um, had said that he'd felt something. So Klopp obviously yanked him. So straight away, you, you know, the panic starts to set in. You make Salah play quick, earlier than what you anticipated. Um, and you don't want to force his, his comeback, but it looks as though we're going to have to. We've got a game tomorrow night at home against Luton, which is our game in hand, if you like, from the cup final. Um, again, before those games, you'd think you'd want to put out a small, a, you know, a low ball team so you can actually get a decent team out for the final. But we can't afford to do that because we've got all these teams chasing us because we're sitting top of the pack and you want to make sure that you keep them, maintain that points advantage. So I think Klopp's got a bit of a conundrum right now. 
Um, thankfully, we've managed to nurse. Um, We've managed to nurse Robertson back into the team, but then you lose Allison the day before. Allison's now out for the next four weeks. Um, so straight away again, you're going right. Okay, Kelleher probably would have played the League Cup final anyway, but he's now going to get more games. So it's just it's just headaches where you don't anticipate having them. The only thing I can say is we're thankful for is the fact that even if you take Jota at the team, we've still got a half fit Salah a fully fit Diaz, a fully fit Gakpo. So if anything, the attention's on people like Gakpo. You know, we've always said that we probably could be doing a bit more. He's not going to get a run in games where I would expect Darwin to maybe come off the bench if he is slightly fit still. So uh, I think it's going to be a a big conundrum for the remainder of the season that we've got to navigate our way through. Um, But if there's one thing you would say about the Liverpool team, they've got goals all over the pitch. Even Alexis McAllister popped up with his third goal this season. Um, you know, Endo probably could have had a goal as well in the middle of the park. People like Harvey Elliott, who's going to be forced to play because of the injuries. It, you know, we see what impact he has when he comes on the pitch. So we do have cause for concern, but I think this is what makes teams... This is, this is what you look back on and say, this is a championship material if you, if, if you succeed this. That is going to be, Johnny, that is going to be an interesting one now for Liverpool to see how they manage... Uh, the squad over the next couple of weeks with some some huge games and obviously you mentioned Sunday we'll come into that a little bit later but Johnny on a, on a Brentford side of things I think we've we've all praised Brentford and you know on, on the podcast in terms of the last last season and and what they've achieved but to me they, they, they don't look nowhere near as effective as they were um, obviously they've got Tony back and I think having him I'll put them you know they're going to they're I think they'll stay up, but um, they're conceding a lot of goals and, and, and they're at home, you know, their home form was the big one in, in recent seasons, but that's been sort of blown out of the water this year. Um, and I think they, you know, it goes without saying that they're looking over their shoulder at the moment. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's alarm stations, mate. Um, oh, I need to call that. I apologise for laughing, Jamie, but I don't think anybody else picked up on it. But when you sit there and say to me that Darwin felt something and Jürgen yanked him, I kind of deal with that kind of stuff, mate. <laughs> you need to choose your words on a man to help. Uh, I know exactly I what know. I said and I meant every word of it. <laughs> <laughs> After oh, scoring a goal me. like that, I'd fucking yank him. Cheers <laughs> <laughs> me right up. I appreciate it. Um, Brentford, mate. Yeah. I said, I think one thing for Saturday, I agree their defending was dog shit. Uh, it was very, very sloppy. But they are playing against arguably, if not the best, one of the top two for a packet and high press and lightning counters. So it's going to be a tough game for anybody. Um, Tony has been really good since he's, he's came back and he has given them a lift. They have been better. Uh, they were absolutely toiling. Before Tony came back, I can't remember the actual record they were, or the run they were on. He losses and draws, but it was terrible. Uh, they hadn't won a game for ages. I thought at the weekend, Tony could have easily had a hat-trick. He had scored his goal. He had two or three excellent chances out with that. Uh, so for all, they were criminal at the back. They were very wasteful going forward as well. You know, I, I think the difference between the two is Liverpool are just so clinical. I mean, you have quality like Salah, who's came off the bench, albeit earlier than they probably would have wanted, 
Um, that's the difference. That was the difference in the game. The clinical edge against not taking the chances. I know you can say that about any game, but for me, that was it was kind of pivotal in that game. But I don't think Brentford are toiling, mate. I think they'll be fine with, with Tony back. I think they'll pick up the wins here and there. I think the teams below them are way worse. I, I see Brentford turning over any of the teams below them in the league right now. Uh, yeah, I would bet against. I would bet them to win against any team below them. So I think they'll be absolutely fine, mate. I think they'll struggle after this season because we know they're going to lose Tony. But there's a long way to go to that point. I think it's worth yeah. noting as well that they've got no one bueno. Like, he's so important to how they tick because Tony plays off him. Neil Mopey's not an unbueno. He's a totally different kind of character. So, you know, I think I think Brentford will be fine. Um, I think something you said as well, Mason, compared to last season, people forget easily as well that they had David Ryan goals last season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a completely different goalkeeper. I think they've lost the boy Flecken. And not sorry, not Flecken, um Pinnock. I think they've lost him for a while, who was arguably I don't think he'd missed a game in something like three or four years. So they do have the challenges, but I think the fact they've got Tony back, I think that'll be absolutely fine. And that was definitely a penalty. Robertson um the barge to Tony um wasn't given a penalty. That was in my opinion, that was a stonewall. I'm surprised that was, didn't that get was involved mad. in that. It was yeah. madness, wasn't it? It was so it was so yeah. rough. The time it happened, I think Liverpool had already scored the three goals, so I don't think it would have been a major impact on the game. Mm-hmm. It's just more about momentum, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a call. Into, uh, so, yeah, I would I would sympathise with the Brentford fans there on that one. Definitely a penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, Colin, you said it earlier, Tony mentioned it as well. Name of the, the podcast be quite easy tonight because the defending over the league has been atrocious um another team that we actually spoke a little bit of time and talking about how poor defensively they were last week was burnley um yet they've shipped another five goals at home um, probably the last team they wanted to face uh, at the moment with arsenal uh, since the new year have won every game and have scored a lot of goals and they they again another team just looked like they could just score at will at the weekend um the Havertz goal is just I mean, yeah, defending is, is absolutely shocking. But you know, credit to Arsenal and and and, and their you know their confidence is sky high at the minute. Aye, and you know, copying base what I said about um, Brentford there. When a team, when an unformed team, when a, a dangerous team is is coming with a bit between their teeth, you can't make the silly mistakes. You can't do the stupid stuff. You need to do the basics. These are Premier League footballers. I don't know. Why I feel my blood rising. It's you know, also you're up against a top quality standard of player, but we're talking about just not clearing your lines. That that throw in annoyed me honestly. That um, like t- it looks as if they're trying to play the offside tap for the the fifth goal. Um, I don't know. I, I might be being a wee bit too too harsh here. The keeper has to do better as well. I'm not just talking about the defending. Um, Burnley when a, a team the bottom of the league, and I, I think this was maybe given as a um, as a fair play to Vincent Company to at the beginning of the season that they had that style of play. They weren't they just got to play ditch ball and try and grind out points. Uh, they were got to stick to the they were got to stick to the. Um, a style of play and the beliefs of how football should be played, but it gets to a point where you just need to park a bus and you just need to be well drilled. And Vincent Company was a well drilled player back in his day. You should know how to do that. And Burnley need to start 
doing the basics right to try and you know try and salvage something out of this season. Um, you know, I'm sure other boys talk about Arsenal, but Burnley just really, really annoyed me. Um, Arsenal on their day will beat most teams in the league, but don't make it that easy for them. I agree, and I'm calling there, Jamie. In terms of, it's hard for me. Yeah, got to praise Arsenal absolutely. Um, <clears throat> see them last uh, live last week. I said they were really good and they're good the weekend, but it's hard to not criticise Burnley. And I think you actually said last week as well um, that you was a little bit surprised about. There's no noise about Vincent Company at all. Um, I'm, I know I'm definitely surprised at that, but. I suppose other teams think, are making. I, I think they've already accepted defeat. That's the reality of it. Is, is that this is a total different team compared to when Deitch had them. Um, there was a stat um, I pulled um, regarding Burnley. Burnley at the weekend have now equaled the amount of losses they had the season they got relegated, and we're only in February. So if you ever want to understand what's happening to Burnley right now. You know exactly what's happening. They're getting relegated because they can't come back from what they've done so far. Why? Because companies hell bent on staying with this this formula, this this what he believes is the right way to play. And, and you know, hats off to him if you're going to go down, go down the way you want to go down. But let's just call it for what it is. You're going down for the way you're going down, the way you're playing. You're not going down for any other particular reason. The, the beginning of the season, the, the they got the, there was a lot of praise put on the young lad that came in for the goalkeeper. That was at Trafford. He's been absolutely stinking the last few weeks. He's been weak at corners. He's uh, had that one at the weekend against Arsenal where he just doesn't come for it. Like, all over the park. And, you, and, you know, you go back to the opening game of the season. I think they played they played City opening game of the season. And you just think this is going to be an uphill struggle. So we all called it. There's no surprise. As I said, I think the surprise was is that if you looked at how many sackings we've seen last year, I think it was like 13, 14 manager sackings. We've had three so far. So that's the surprise is that actually people have stuck with company. But yeah, he's going down. <laughs> Let's see, not dress it up any other way. See what you said there, Jamie. Um, mm-hmm. like, fair play on first thing to that style of football. It, it does really annoy me. I don't know why nobody's nobody seems to address this there's too yeah. big a gap between the top of the championship and the bottom of the premiership how many times do we see promoted teams come up and you know have this belief that if we can just find our feet in this league we'll play how we played last year and be okay it's a completely different sport they're playing they do need to adapt and Burnley Vincent Crumley is just another one who's no adapting 100% but I think it's evident he'll go out and he's sore in that respect, won't he? I mean, you know, the, the challenge is, is that, you know, if if company was to get punted, who are you going to bring in? You know, I, don't, I honestly don't think Burnley are going to attract, for example, a, U, a UEFA Cup winner like Glacier, the, the boy that you know, just went in at Palace, because Burnley's a totally different project. It's, it is about being on a shoestring. Um, I think... They're happy with company to the point that they know they probably can't get better than company right at this moment in time. And I think they've they've got this. It's not going to be a two-year plan, three-year plan. It's going to be like, well, it's, if we go up to the Premier League, we get, re- we get relegated, then we get the parachute payments for another four years or three years or whatever it is. And then we keep building the team from there. Um, I mean, let's face it, nobody's looking at Burnley and going, oh, I wouldn't mind that we punt on him next season. You know, he's doing well. Maybe he, he would stay in the Premier League. There's not many of those players that you could look at Burnley and go, so the reality of it is, is that 
the building to probably have a good enough squad where if they go back down that they come straight back up again. Um, what I'm surprised at is the fans have accepted it because you're not even hearing the fans bitter about it. You know, you look at Roy Hodgson, David Moyes, what they're putting up with right now. I'm not hearing a single fan calling it company for his play style or what they're doing. And I think that's then echoed because the, the club aren't saying the same things or the news reporters aren't saying the same. That's the only surprise to me. And uh, half, but is there a lot of Burnley fans? <laughs> but, um, but Johnny, I made the point last week um, as well about, about Sean, uh, Sean Dyche when he was at Burnley, similar sort of circumstances. They, he, he, they won the championship at Canada. Um, they went up and then they went back down. And he was given time to then build, and then he he, he had a steady team in the Premier League for a, you know consistent consistent basis, and, and that worked. But the problem is, Jamie just said, uh, what Burnley player do you sort of look at and go, he's improving, he looks good, um, you know, he looks decent. When I watch Burnley, I, I don't. It's one of them teams you watch and just don't pay attention to any of them really. I, I, even this style of player, I'm, I'm, I'm yet to see it. Um, so I think I totally get if there's a plan in place, but there needs to be signs of progress. And I'm not really seeing that um, with Burnley. But it's hard to, again, we're coming away from it. But Johnny, I'll let you, you have a mention of it with Arteta and Arsenal. Um, they've definitely come together during the winter break and said, right, got the shooting boots on because away from home again to score, score another five goals. I've always, I've always been probably maybe a, bit, a little bit harsh on Arsenal. Um, but... You can't you can't overlook a look at you know the amount of goals that they're scoring and the wins that they're getting. Uh, yeah, mate. I'm disappointed the company thing's finished. I was ready to go on a rant. Now. Um, it annoys me. I'm like Colin. I will just really touch the really quickly touch on it. It just uh, we went over it last week, right? I don't know. It sounds like a broken record. You came up to the Premier League. You've absolutely dominated the Championship. Your whole club, you've got all these staff doing all these all these checks. You know what you're going to expect. You know what you have to do. And then he's been stubborn to halfway through the season. He's changed nothing. He's changed nothing of the system. Still trying to do the same thing over and over and over against some of the best attacking teams in Europe. It doesn't work. You have to adapt. You can't do that every game. And if you do do that every game, you're going to bounce back there. And why would you accept that? Even at the halfway point of the season, why would you accept that? I just I don't understand that. I can't see any mentality in that that benefits Burnley. Truly, you want to be there. You want to stay there. You can do everything you can to stay there. I mean, if there's anybody that likes follows Burnley or that, leave a, a comment. I'd love to hear what the fans think of that, what their opinion is. Yeah. All, all seven of you Burnley fans, tune in. <laughs> I was never going to say that. But, uh, no, I'd love to hear that. But uh, Arsenal, mate, you can only give Arsenal credit. Yeah, I, I kind of had a wee dig at them mid, mid, before the midway point, just that they were a wee bit, the ruthlessness was gone, they were kind of scraping results, but you know, they weren't the dominating teams, they weren't the blowing anybody out of the water. Now they are, um, the last few weeks now. It's probably been fluffed a wee bit because of who they're playing, because Burnley were absolutely dreadful at the weekend. I mean, they invited nearly every goal. Um, so, yeah, and the last few weeks, I mean, that's now, what about 21 goals in five games. That's a serious increase. Uh, but when you kind of look at it, take a wee step back for it and have a look, we're talking 
just a, a few. You've got Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Haberts on his day. You've got Trossard now firing. You've got a solid defence. They've brought in Rice. It's a strong team. It is a strong team. And they do have that in their locker. They do that. They just weren't uh, really going for the jugular, but now they, they really are. So, absolutely, they've improved and they are absolutely looking dangerous. Can they keep the consistency going? I think we'll be able, we'll get the test when they face maybe top three, a bigger test again, and see where they are then. But I would I would say so far they're checking every box. Definitely, and um, Johnny, I'll, I'll stay with you um, for the for the next one. I want to come on to um, because we haven't touched really on on Fulham in the last couple of weeks. They were beaten at home by Aston Villa two one. Watkins again uh, with a double. Running out of sort of um, things to say about Watkins this season, um, I think that's twelve goals and ten assists in the Premier League, which is which is excellent stats. Um, Villa have won ten uh, of their last visits to London, um, one or ten, which is stats today that I see and I couldn't believe. And Emery um, is the first uh, in his first Premier League games at Aston Villa. He's had thirty wins and ninety eight points, and that's the most by any Villa manager. So. You know, that's that. I see that as well. That's that's some some stats for for Villa. But as for Fulham, a bit up and down at the moment. They'll, they'll be disappointed to be beaten at home. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought then. I mean, at the start of that game, they were struggling. I mean, the the, the goals they conceded were absolute defensive shambles. I can't remember. It was the first or the second one. Um, it was a throwing, wasn't it? And William misses it. Uh, it was pretty much defensive suicide. But they came back into the game, and towards the back end, especially at the end of the game, they had a huge chance and probably should have took a point. Uh, but I mean, I think that's them. Well, they're past the midway point. They're twelfth, twelfth, and yeah, the, the form is is sketchy at best, mate. They, I mean, they do have a relatively, I wouldn't say a strong squad, but uh, a definitely a capable squad. Uh, they were doing a lot better than they fell away a wee bit. I think maybe the last ten have kind of. I fell a fair bit. That's the one win and I don't know how many of that is, eight or nine. So, yeah, they all fell away a wee bit, mate, and they do need to start picking up points because probably similar to what you were saying with Brentford, they're kind of floating into the same area. Um, I mean, I think they'll be fine, like, but I don't think they're going to... I think if they got mid-table the way they are the now, I think that'd be an achievement for them. Yeah, I think that that is just for them, isn't it? Without being disrespectful, I think if they got sort of that mid-table of the season, I'd be delighted with it. Um, Colin, what, what's your thoughts on uh, just there with Emery and, and Villa? Um, I know Jamie is one that thinks that, that they can get top four, and I think he did put them in his top four. Do you, do you think that, you know, if you look at them, Man United and um, Tottenham, which, which, you know, we'll come on to the other two a little bit later on, but if you was to pick one out of the three to get top four, who would you be, be your pick? On form and the way the season panned out, and I'm not just talking about the position right now, but the manner of how they get to the position it has to be Aston Villa. I mean, those three, um, Villa find a way to get the routine ones done more than Man U and Spurs. The less, the less sporadic. Um, if I'm just looking at the, the games they've been beat this this year, so they've six. Six losses, and arguably it's only really the Nottingham Forest loss and the Newcastle loss at the start of the season that are really the surprises. You know, the rest of 
rest of it has been released at Arsenal, man, you teams that round about them where you can understand losing, but they don't drop silly points that often. It's only four draws. Um, they just find a way of doing the routine, doing the mundane, taking the bins out, as I like to say. Um, you know, and because they are more consistent in doing that, I think that's gonna actually keep them in the top four because when we come to the other two, you know, one game they can go and beat their, their nearest rivals, five, six, nothing, and then the next game they'll probably got to get beat two one off Luton. Um that's you don't really see that happening with with Villa. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, <clears throat> I think Jamie, just to sort of back that up, you you, you said the same about about Villa. You think they've got more than enough uh, firepower, um, but just to, to come back to to Watkins, he's got to be in the squad for for the Euros. He's, he's, he's got to be assured. He's having the season of his life, isn't he? Which is which is you know something that you can't really say much. Um, I think if Southgate was looking to do it, then absolutely he needs to be going. Whether Southgate does that, and he'll probably play Calvin Phillips up there, I don't know, um, because uh, he, he doesn't like to pick players on form. But I don't see what more Watkins can do. Um, one thing I've never really given Watkins a lot of credit for, but he showed an abundance this season, is his, is his link-up play. Like he, He's not a target man by any means, but he's always the first to the ball. If he's not the first to the ball, then he's picking up and holding up the play. He's getting onto the second balls. Um I think he's been tremendous this season, and I think, I think, unfortunately, it's people like Leon Bailey that don't get the plaudits because Watkins is obviously the headline. But Leon Bailey, I think, has been brilliant this season. I think Douglas Louise has never put goal goal stats in like this for a central defensive midfielder. He's never posted numbers like this. McGinn's obviously doing McGinn things. Telemans, I think Telemans is a cracking player. But he comes off the bench and affects games. I just think I just think Aston Villa have got more about them, and their home form this season is absolutely ridiculous. It was only a few weeks ago we were talking about. I think they just won something like their 18th, 19th game in a row at home, which is which is crazy when you think about it. Um, Tottenham will come on to, but Tottenham's lost at the weekend because of this handball. Have got those performances in them. I don't think Emery settles for stuff like that. I think uh, I think. What will be interesting for Aston Villa is when the Europa League kicks back in. Because, uh, you know, if Watkins gets burned out by playing on Thursday and then they're due to play on a Sunday, does he have the rotation in DRB? And who's the other lad? The young lad, Duran. He's played a lot of the Europa League games. So it'd be interesting. But even then, he, even he's scoring goals. I think he's got like four this season, five, which is not bad for an understudy. So, yeah, I just I just think I just think Villa have got more about them. Um I fully expected them to go down to Fulham and win. 
I feel bad because Fulham have been doing recent doing a lot better recently. I think I joked last last week that um thirty five year old William, like how he puts in performances like that is unreal. But yeah, they just come up against a better team this this week. They really did. Um and I think for Fulham I, there's something about their eyes are on the end of the season. Um and what I mean by that is like Paulinho there's no way he stays there. So it's about maximising the money. I think they'll do what West Ham do. They'll try and get a hundred million from him and then splurge on people that they think can improve the team and you know that that's that's ultimately what they'll what they'll be looking for. They just need to survive the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You make a good point about Villa there with the com- the conference league. I think they'll definitely fancy themselves to to win that. So squad rotation, that could be that could be the big one going for the top mm-hmm. four. But Jamie, you just mentioned them there. Uh, Spurs and um, a disappointing result for them at home to Wolves who are brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, that's an absolute brilliant. You know what Colin said it. Colin said it right in the beginning. Last time he was on Spurs, were winning the league. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed at that. We got that result at the weekend because, um, you know, they've got away with it the last few weeks. Spurs like last minute winners coming back from being behind Wolves like how much more superlatives can we talk about Gary O'Neill guy's been immense um, it's it's a weird one because like we were talking about Burnley there and like the fans are happy with the play and you know they're seeing exciting football but they're ultimately not winning anything Spurs fans are saying the same thing right now they're happy with how the team are playing they like seeing exciting football but truth be told, they're not going to be winning anything. They're out of all the cups. Um, they're, they're, they're chasing a top four spot. Um, this season was always going to be about post Kane. But see if they take this into next season, I think they get ripped open a bit more. I really do. Um, you know, something's got to change. Like, I think Colin said it earlier as well. Like, you've got to adapt. Like, Ange can't keep playing the same way. Um, because you know, if you go back to the the highlights, it could have been about three or four one, if it wasn't for the goalkeeper who's been brilliant this season. The the, the save I think he makes when it's nil nil was proper top class. Uh, Vicario it was point blank header, and he saves it, palms it to the side, and you just think, how has he even got down to that? Um, but I think all the credit goes to Wolves for this weekend. I don't think that I don't even think it's about how Tottenham poor were. I just think this is about how good Wolves were because they turned up and done a number on them. They really did. Colin, they're definitely impressing uh, Wolves and Gary O'Neill has done an amazing job there. The counter-attack at the weekend, uh, as Jamie said, they, they created some some really big opportunities and, and I have to mention now uh, for Wolves, he, he's been immense. I have seen links to him. Which one? To, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good all the all the big boys in the Premier League, and I think Wolves with financial fair play, he, he might be one that they they have no choice to sort of cash in on uh, this summer, um, which would be a big blow. But but it is hard to again another one looking at Spurs as well. I think that's the ninth game in a row at home they've conceded, um, which is which is really poor. Um, but you, you, as Jamie said, you've, you've got to credit Wolves to that's another big away win. Wolves were so good in the counter, as you said, um, and it, it wasn't just the goals that they gave Spurs bother. Um, 
the, the Vesario, he, he built him out in the first half, but the second half is Spurs were chapping and chapping more. Wolves were just biding their time and, and Neto for the second goal. He, he does tremendous. Um, and, and that's okay. See, when we talk about adapting, I'm listening up Vincent Company and Ange Boss it's okay to build this on long term, but just find a way of seeing out the season or a month or a week or, or whatever. I'm pretty sure Gary O'Neill isn't going to be a counter-attack team long term, but that this season that is what rules are. Um, you know, I think that's that's where they get quite a lot of their goals. Um, it will be interesting to see how they rebuild um, this summer. They'll, uh, they'll probably go to try and get as much money as they can. What type of player do they come in? How do we... You know, how does Gary and Neil stamp his authority on it? But right now, credit to Wills. You know, they're probably going to be in the summer vein as maybe a film at Brentford. They're going to get a couple of decent results, but not going to do anything too special. They'll be comfortably mid table, I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think I think they, they could be, in the way they're going at the moment, they, they definitely could be push, pushing for that um, conference league spot. Uh, Johnny, I just want to finish up on the, the Spurs point. I know we again another thing we've spoken about um, recently about you know Postecoglou and um, Spurs in terms of winning anything this season. I always thought this season was going to be the, a bedding in if it goes well anyway, um, which which I think most Spurs fans would say it is was always just going to be about finishing as high as you can, um, and it's now. Then game Saturday, which they've done, you know, with last minute winners, etc. But it's just being more con- consistent and building a team that consistently, you know, does get the results. But um, could, as Jamie said there, if you go into next season, say if they don't get top four this season, they go into to, to it next season and they don't start well. Um, this whole narrative that's been built up around Postecoglou could 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 quite easily change, um, which which will be interesting and. I'm quite interested, interested to see how they, they finish the season because I still think that there's there's more, there's going to be more results like, like Saturday to come for Spurs. Yeah, I think it has to be expected, mate. I think one of his biggest problems is, uh, is having such a good start. So you'd expect, uh, sorry, the expectations go through the roof and probably way above the station that they're actually at. Um, it's definitely a building season. Uh, he, he's finding his feet in the league. The, the team are adjusting to his style of play. He, he's, like we said, he's, he's only had well, a very partial transfer window and January one there when nobody was spending anyway, um, other than I think they bought a defender. But he's going to need time to, to rebuild that squad. I think uh, 100% agree there's going to be results like that. There's going to be weeks that they, the surprise has been up turning up. But as Colin said, I wouldn't put too much on Spurs um, not being great. I think a hell of a lot of the credit has to go to Wolves. And they've done that to a few teams this season, not just Spurs. They, they obviously do the homework. Um, they find a hell of a lot of space. I mean, Neto, the amount of space that boy finds. It's been, I've seen the last few weeks. I don't know how he does it. Uh, I mean, full credit to him. He obviously reads it well, but he seems to find acres. I think the alarm bells for Saturday was probably the the marking uh, in the box was absolutely criminal. You've seen it for the first goal. The Gomez just goes in. He's the smallest player on the pitch, bar a nettle, and bullets in a free header. Um, both, goal, uh, both goals were completely avoidable. 
But, I mean, there is a lot of positives in that team. They have some cracking players. I think their biggest threat at the minute still coming from Kulazewski. He definitely was at the weekend. Um, but, yeah, he has a lot of positives there and a lot of good things to build on. I think uh, once we get through the season, I think they'll do fine. Whether they get fifth or not, I don't know. I think they'll be there or thereabout. But I think proof in the pudding for him will be next season. I agree with you that if it was to go pear shape, they'll probably turn on him quicker than they would elsewhere. Purely because the media will build that narrative straight away. Where he's came from and blah, 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 blah. Um, that'll turn fast. But at the, at the minute, I think they're doing fine, mate. I think they're going in the right direction and there will be bad results. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And and, and most Spurs fans, you know, speak to that they are just going on how good the football is to watch, but see quickly results uh, determines that, doesn't it? Colin, um, wanted to come to you first because you haven't had a, a say on this one. It's something me and the boys have spoke about quite a lot um, over the last few pods. And West Ham um, beating again um, away at Nottingham Forest. Big win for Forest, by the way. And I think um, I'll get that in and say. Um, say that because I know this is going to be sort of West Ham based, but that's um, Forest's first clean sheet in 14 games, um, which was a huge win for them. But David Moyes is come under it yet again. Um, more banners in the stands at the weekend, um, and he's come back fighting. But I think this is only going to end one way. Right, I don't mean this to be as aggressive as it sounds, but West Ham fans, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, what is your expectation, man? You're through the last 16 of the Europa League. You're, yes, you're ninth in the table, but are you really expecting to be challenging for the top four? Like, what, what's going on? Um, and I get, Mason, that the argument's going to be back as a brand of football, but you can only push with the cock you've got. Like, what's anybody made a day with this squad? It's hardly, you know, we, we were speaking about it off air. You know, where, where's the firepower on this West Ham squad? Um, I, I don't see the. I, we, we said this last year that the last couple of years, David Moyes has only ever been a couple of bad results for the West Ham fans wanting them in. It's, it's just wanting them out, sorry. I always liken it to how Rangers were the last two years of Alec McLeish. Um, how did the guy out? But looking back, you're like, he actually done a decent job. And that's what's going to happen with West Ham. Um, yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I get there is criticisms there, but I don't get the throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I really don't understand it. Johnny, uh, still... What the fuck was that? Throwing the baby out with bathwater? I've got a list of cliches that I've <laughs> no used for the last four months. So Just, just um, get a ball out the next hour? <laughs> aye, the, aye, the next game I'm going to say corridor of uncertainty and a game of two oh, halves. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny's uh, still recovering, I think, from uh, Colin's uh, piss with the only, uh, you can only piss with the cock you've got. I think you're that, that, that one. I've never heard that before. I apologise, listeners, but that's crushed me. Please <laughs> continue for all of again. Um, but Johnny, uh, Colin's made a couple of really good points, and I actually agree with him. I say this all the time. I don't know who they think they are and what they can sort of, what they expect. Uh, I think they do expect to play this West Ham um, style of play that is an absolute myth 
um, and, and Tannin for, for the top four. It's never existed in our lifetime, our lifetime yeah. Mason, I tell you this that. Is, this is it. This is the best West Ham team I've seen of, of my lifetime, and they and they want their manager out. Um, Johnny, I, th- I think I think I think. Look, I'm trying to sort of look from both sides here. As as Colin said there as well, the style of play is the big one. You know, they 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 pay a lot of money the season tickets over there and, and, and they say that the football is so defensive and it is very very negative um which you know as i said there was i think it was five holding midfielders on the park um the weekend and you, you put calvin phillips in that who it was always going to go two ways for calvin phillips he was going to one i think i think we all said he needs game time he's not played in a long time but he's had an absolute nightmare he gets sent off at the weekend um or he's going to go there and, and, and be flying. It's gone the other way, and that's going to go against Moyes as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, isn't it? I think I was saying, we said it last week that it just this noise was there. Yeah, I think you were the first one to mention it, and I started hearing it myself. This noise was there before the season started. There was already a, con- a contingent that you know just didn't want him there. Even after what what had happened last season, I mean, we're talking when you when you get back to the basics of it, which is probably the most successful we've been in in the modern era. Um, has been the last season and a half. Uh, so it can only come down to yeah, style of football. They don't like it. I remember seeing a thing on Talk Sport before the season even started. Um, I forget the lad's name. He, is it Rory something? I forget. But anyway, he plastered them, absolutely plastered Moyes, saying that they should get shot on there and then. This was after the European... I'm talking about two weeks after winning that European trophy. He was saying that on mainstream media. So there was already that narrative was in place. Uh, and it's very, very hard to shake that noise when it starts. So uh, even now, let's say he goes on a run and he wins three, four games. They lose the next one, that noise comes straight back. It doesn't take time to build up. It's straight back where it was. So it's hard to see any other outcome. But I mean, I, I fully agree that I just think it would be far too scattergun um, and reactive to fan noise if, if they actually done it. The way we the, the way we're led to understand it is he has very, very little say on what's coming in. Possibly Phillips was his, um, but the majority of them do not look like Moyes signings. They don't have any attacking threat. Yes, they're very, very defensive. I kind of understood it with Arsenal. He tried to block the midfield, which obviously face planted. And at the weekend there, we seen Phillips' horror show, which was absolute madness. But the problem is when a team's struggling and a manager's struggling and the back's against the wall and the pressure builds, you're rarely going to see them change to anything attacking. They're going to try and be dogged and shut the door and scrape through wins. And obviously, it really works, mate. And I think that's the position he's in now. He really needs results and he needs them fast. Or I, I don't see him getting past. It would be lucky to see a fortnight at this rate. Jamie, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting with the, the Europa League last sixteen coming up for West Ham because I, I always stand by um, West Ham have been really impressive in Europe the last the last three years. But more the way that Moyes sets up his teams, his counter attack, it is perfect for European football. And the Conference League saved his job last season, without doubt. I think they finished, what, 15th, 16th last season. But the Conference League, that, that bought him this season. So the Europa League could actually be the one that turns it for Moyes. But Johnny's absolutely spot on. This narrative will keep going when West Ham have a bad result. And it just it's, it's going to end up, only end up going one way because the yeah. fans are going to get their, 
we spoke last week about obviously some of the challenges that we've known about behind the scenes. And what I mean is that there's there's so many players out of contract at the end of the season. He's not obviously having a say on transfers coming in. He looks as though he's on borrowed time. I would go as far as saying I don't think he gets to the next Europa League game. You look at their next fixtures. They've got Monday night football against Brentford at home next week. And then after that, they are away to Everton and they're at home to Burnley. If he doesn't take six points from that on this current run of form, I think he's done. I, you know, they've not scored in three games, albeit they've played Man United, Arsenal and Forest, but they've not scored in three games. They've not won since the 28th of December, which was a game against Arsenal. Um, they've, in that time, I think they've lost the last nine. They haven't won the last nine games. They've been kicked out the the, the last remaining cup um, of the FA, the FA Cup. I just think time's against him. Uh, I'm recalling, I don't think Moyes is doing that necessarily a terrible job. I just don't see how he gets out of it alive for the next few weeks um, because of the, the fixtures are going to go against him. What he needs is he needs Jared Bowen to start scoring again. Barrow, Jared Bowen goes through those patches where he, he either scores or gets goal involvements for about 10 or 12 games in a row and then goes missing for the next seven or eight because he's so worn out. The problem is the goals aren't shared. Kudos, you would like to say yes, but he's been at the, been at the AFCON. He's not really had a break. Um, you know, Michael Antonio's doing dancing stuff on Monday Night Football with Jamie Carragher um, and Danny Ings isn't even getting game time. So where are the goals coming from? That goes back to the Route 1 football that they relied on five years ago with Thomas Suchek climbing all over everybody for corners. I just think they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. How, how bad was Antonio, by the way? He looked like he was towing a cart horse with about 55 yeah. fat checks in it. He was miles off it. He reminded yeah. me of the days that he played right back for the... He's never been playing though and he was chucked right in. But again, that comes mm-hmm. back to desperation. Struggling yeah. and yeah. trying to do anything. Yeah, it does. Um, there's just a couple more games I want to want to touch on. Um, Jamie, I'll, I'll come back to you um, for this one's a sound like a rant, but Sheffield United smashed at home again. Um, but Mason Holgate, the tackle 13 minutes in when you're in a relegation battle and you're up against it, what what are you doing? Do you know what I mean what are you doing? And then after that, it just looked like it all. Everyone else just went. You know what? Don't fancy this. And 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 again, the defend defending is is is, is awful. Um, but just go just go down. Do you know what I mean? When, when you watch that Saturday, I'm just like just just go down and just stay down. It's 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 it's, it's awful. I'd be interested to hear if uh, the referee was chewing a sandwich while Wilder was trying to get an explanation about when getting Mason Holgate sent off. Um, you know, we had a rant a couple of weeks ago about about uh, human decency and a better respect. I think that needs to translate to his players. Mason Holgate was an absolute howler um, on, on at the weekend. Um, am I right in thinking that that's his uh, both opening games, both. So he debuted for them in the FA Cup and they got beat 5-0. He debuted for them in the league and they got beat 5-0. So Mason Hoggy is, uh, is doing well so far. Um, but I joke with Johnny, Mason Holgate's not even getting a game for a Sean Dyche. That's why he's been sent out on loan. And he did that after, what, about 10 minutes? That sums up Mason Holgate, in my opinion. Um, that was an absolute shocker. There was... It was somebody said it on commentary. He's 
doing the player there. He's doing nothing about the ball. He's not going for the ball. He's doing the player. If there's ever a version of going for the player, that, that's 100% it. And it's a red card every day of the week. Do you know what I'm actually more frustrated that How the fuck the ref gives that a yellow? And that's that's the issue I've got with VAR this season, apart from the obvious things that we've heard. The ref gives a yellow because he knows the AR is going to bail him out. Yeah, yeah. That's not re- that's not refereeing. Do you know what I mean? That that's a shocker. Let's put it this way: it was that clear of a red that was the quickest go to the VAR screen I've seen in about five years, because he was up against the screen within ten seconds of that challenge happening. There was no delayed thousand replays. He went straight over, and you were like, "That's obviously that's how bad it is." See by rights, Jamie. VAR should only point out clear and obvious errors which the referee hasn't seen. The refs booked oh, them. He's seen if it. it's a, no, no. Should they, they're also involved in all red card potentials? Is it? Never mind me. Yeah. Then. So, so because because they obviously seen it and go that's red card. They've obviously interjected straight away. But why that ref only gives a yellow there? That to me is the the, the problem with the refereeing situation at the moment. They're doing that a lot, though, aren't they? They're doing that a lot. They're not. They're not making a decision. They're, they're, they're basically going, mm, I don't need to make that because someone else will. Um, yeah. a, com- a comfort blanket, isn't it? That's what it's good. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I was impressed. I was impressed with their attacking flair, though. We, we said two weeks ago they lost Joe Pedro right before a match, and he was their top goal scorer. Adringas just came back from the Afcon, got himself two goals. Danny Welbeck gets himself a goal. That's the kind of weekend Sheffield United are having. Um, I think Johnny, I think you said it as well. Pascal Gross has been actually brilliant this season from a from a goals involvement percentage. He's, I think he's like second top top three players in the league at the moment for goals. Um, you know, involved in whether it's assists or you know um, having chances created. But Brighton were always winning that game. Nailed yeah. on for the coup. That was that was an over two and a half win. Uh, without that, Colin. Um, yeah, look, listen again. I, I think I've, I've set the tone tonight, but I'm just picking on the the teams that have lost rather than praising the teams that, that have won. But Brighton <laughs> have scored um, twelve uh, twelve goals this season, all scored by uh, all scored by teenagers. Um, so, you know, credit to them. But I've got to come back to it. Sheffield United have conceded sixty five goals at this stage, and that is the most at this stage in the Premier League. As I said. Get down, stay down. At this rate, the way they're going, they're going to, they're projected to concede 100 goals in one Premier League season, which is, I don't blame Holgate for just one off that pitch. Oh, <laughs> 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 And, you know, it's, there's just no fight, there's no life left in the dog. Sheffield United, as soon as they go down to 10 men, they just, okay. And, bent over and let Brighton do their thing. Um, and that's just been the summary of the season, isn't it? Um, you're right. The, the best they can hope for is just that it's not too embarrassing and they get um, they get a, a few points here and there and they try and just stop. When they're going to lose, stop losing by four or five because um, that, goal, that goal's against is a horror show. Johnny, just just to sort of finish it finish it off there, then um, I know you're a big you've been a big fan of, of Sheffield United this season and and Heckenbottom, but um, 
it, it does it does go down to to the recruitment at the start of the season for me. I know they've not got the money that you know sort of <clears throat> the established Premier League clubs, but you need to be a little bit more clever with, with your recruitment and, and just look through that team there. You know, the weekend and I mean again, I just think it's just a Championship team to be honest. I mean, they are. They are. I said this game week one, they had absolutely no chance. You start your season with Hecken and Arsenal Charles, you are doomed to fail. Um, and it's just continued. It's, it's, they're a bomb scare, mate. And I would agree that they have a. To be honest, I don't think Burnley are much different. They have champion. They both have championship squads. They haven't really signed much Premier League experience to, to cushion that for that transition in. Um, neither of them have done that, and it, it's shown massively. I think that's for Sheffield. Is that not 15 goals in three games? Yeah, I mean that's bad enough. A and that's a, sorry, last three home games, 15 goals I've conceded. So that there's one cup in that, but regardless, it's still 15 goals in three games. So yeah, huge alarm bells, mate. I mean they are, but they're, they're done. There's no way they, they're going to go anywhere but back down. It's really whether they can, like Collins, he's got a few results and try and at least gain something from it, other than just a bit of money. The one thing about the whole kit challenge, I don't know if you've seen after it, but uh, Annie Turbich come out, the, oh, the captain, captain oh, and oh, no. publicly declared that it, was not a red. it wasn't that bad a tackle. Oh, I was a bit choked on my fucking goggles. <laughs> What are you training these boys? Save yourself. The oh. best part, Johnny, was uh, Holgate's reaction, like genuine amusement. And yeah. he's me. He's like, what, "What have I done, ref? Honestly, Oscar <laughs> winning performance. I, I, I buckled at that." He's done that so many times as well. What Jamie said, he's a he has a prime shit house. When he was at Everton, yeah. he's a hothead. He's rash. He, he missed times, and sometimes he just genuinely looks to hot. And that's what that was at the weekend. Do you remember? Do you remember there was the, the one that always stands out to me was the the, the Derby at Anfield. He yeah. shoved him and Fabinho. Him and Fabinho, sorry, were running towards the byline, and he shoves Fabinho into the boards and says uh, it kicked off. And he said that Fabinho called him racial slurs and stuff like that. Like he's a fucking shit house. Sheffield United playing that good that they're making Burnley look even better. Like <laughs> that's do you know what I mean? Like it's fucking mental how bad Sheffield United have been. It, who, who was the player that John that left them and joined Burnley? They, oh, they left him for Sander Berg, that's it. Left one shape team, went to another, and you just think, poor bugger. But, but Holgate, Holgate is, is a shit-out, but he's, he's a shit-out, without, again, uh, no, I, I, I do mean respect, <laughs> but he's, he's not good um, at all. Um, but but last game I want to touch on James Colin. I'll, I'll let you finish uh, this one. Um, was the Man City dropping points against Chelsea? Um, was the early kickoff on, on Saturday? Um, I thought Chelsea with with uh, gave them a little bit more credit uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks instead of absolutely going through them. But I thought they looked dangerous on, on the counter um, at the weekend and and on another day they 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 nick it. But obviously the the main one from this weekend was Haaland. Uh, didn't have his shooting boots on, but I've got no doubt that the game tonight um, he'll nick a couple, which is against Brentford in one of their games uh, in, in hand. Again, we, we, just to start with Chelsea, Mason, um, we've seen this from them a couple of times this season where they've managed to step up and get big performances. Well, I, I think the, the, the 
staying four off Spurs, and I know the the way that game went, no quite a true reflection, but they 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 had a very decent game against Arsenal. Was that the two each game? Um, they, they do find it a numb to raise their game um, when when there's big opposition, but it's just the consistency um, that they've not mastered yet. And again, kind of what we labelled to Spurs and Man United Newcastle just being too much of a basket case where they can really step up and pull it off in the hard games, but they're likely to <laughs> let somebody take four after them who are fighting relegation. Um, Haaland has to do better, you know I mean? I don't want to give him too much criticism because the guy is just an absolute machine. Um, you know, he's not going to have too many of the games. Um, I suppose you just take the luck when you get it. He will have the bit between his teeth and he'll make up for it tonight. But got no, no doubts about that. Johnny, um, you, you must have been pretty pleased over the way that, that Chelsea went about at the weekend. I, I'll be honest, I didn't fancy him prior kickoff. Um, but I think, I think they actually got it right. Are you going to give chance? I think they was always going to give chances away to City Harlem. Some of the players that Man City have got, they're going to create chances, but you've got to be a threat. And, and I thought Chelsea were at the weekend, and I think it's a, it's a definitely a positive for them. Chelsea were a huge threat, mate. Especially early on, they looked like the only team that was going to score, and they did. Um, their counter was really good. It was causing them a hell of a lot of issues. Sterling does really, really well for the goal. Uh, very cool and calm. Doesn't get rashed. Doesn't. He... You know, he doesn't thrash it, he just calmly puts it away. Towards the back end, yeah, City looked like there was a chance they were going to actually win the game. But I think in the end, given the chances, and Chelsea had a lot of clear-cut chances, and another day that could have been three points. But they, they have to be happy with a point, mate. And I agree with Colin, they have raised their game in, in, in a lot of the bigger fixtures this season, definitely. The only one where they face planted was the recent one with Liverpool, when Liverpool ran over them. But prior to that, the first time they made, I think it was 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, Jamie. And Chelsea could have won that game as well. It was a totally a contrast. So, I mean, I said it before, mate, I think it's going. It's one of these seasons, it's going to be like that. They're going to need time. It's a massive, massive change for that club. It's been needed for a long time. It stopped them spending and let them clear out all the deadwood and hit the reset button. So, games like that, they can only be happy with them, mate. Chances are they're going to lose at the weekend. Um, no, no, this weekend actually. We're playing a Diddy team this weekend, the week after. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be more losses that we don't expect with Chelsea, mate. I think that's just the way it's going to be, and the fans have to accept that. But the weekend, they were excellent. I can't really fault them. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, to, to sort of finish that off, what was your thoughts on, on the boys' sort of opinions? I think. Yeah. I disagree with any of that. I certainly don't think it was two points dropped by City. I think it was a point game by, by Chelsea. I think they were brilliant. Um, they they did it early in the season. I think Johnny called it, but they do two each, and nobody expected them to put a performance in like that. However, there was also a stat floating about that shows City's performances against the top six this season. Um, I don't. I think they yet to win against the top six. Um, they've either drew or lost. Um, they're not firing on all cylinders the way we, we they normally are. And I think if you go back a couple of weeks ago, we did actually have this conversation on the podcast about their ability to change games. Like, Haaland, Haaland's not going to miss that many chances again in a game this season, in my opinion. But their ability to change it up was, was very much missing. You know, if Haaland isn't scoring the goals, who is? 
Um, you know, two weeks ago it was Foden got himself a hat trick. Alvarez has went off the boil a little bit. Um, he's not getting involved as much, you know. Um, and I, and I think that's probably where City are at the moment. Everybody's expecting City to go on this mad, crazy run now. I don't think they're going to hit the heights that they did last season. The last season, they hit 15 games, they drew one and won the remaining 14. They've now drew that one, which is the Chelsea game. I don't see them winning the next 14 games. I think there's another drop of points in them somewhere, um, purely on the basis that the personnel they have is not quite the same. I think even tonight, they've got the young lad, Oscar Bob, starting tonight, who looks a generational talent, who looks brilliant. But it's a big drop off to somebody like Kevin De Bruyne who's sitting on the bench. You know, last season they had Mares, they had Gundogan, all those kind of big names that could come off the bench. They don't have it this season. And I think that might be ultimately what City's issue will be come the end of the season. But massive point to Chelsea. They should have won it. Johnny Johnny was throwing I seen Johnny throwing stuff when Nicholas Jackson decided to take five touches in the box instead of just toe poking at home. Um you know, they should have been 2 3 nil up before Rodri even got his equaliser. So, um, unfortunately, Chelsea had a bit of form at the wrong time for a Liverpool at the cup final this weekend. But um, I thought it was a brilliant point by Chelsea because nobody gave them a, a, a hell's chance. His first, touch, his first touch is absolutely bogging. What's the Lukaku's? <laughs> oh, did you notice? I don't know. You probably noticed it. But at, at the weekend, the City kept going everything through Doku. Everything yeah. was through that left wing, and for the start, Chelsea, but they doubled up right away. Yep. They were doubling up, and he got. I think he got maybe changed once or twice for the whole ninety minutes. Uh, I couldn't. I mean, they've got so much talent on the pitch. I was like, why are they not changing that? That's what I mean. They can't change it because they, I mean Grealish is not available. He's he's now injured for a period of time. So you think about the personnel that they're going to be running with. You're talking Doc, who's it on that left wing now for the remainder of the season? If it's not working, you have to adapt, is what I'm yeah. saying. There's other players, on, there's other talent on the pitch. But yeah, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just before we touch on the, the cup final, boys, um, Luton um, were beaten at home to Man United, Haaland double. Um, only Man City and Arsenal have won more away games this season than Man United, which is, oh, I had to read that three or four times today. Um, <laughs> Newcastle uh, drew at home to Bournemouth. Anyhow, yet to beat Bournemouth since leaving them. And Matt Ritchie scored his first goal since. Does anyone know? 1987. <laughs> the guy's that old. He's like, he must <laughs> be about 45. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, 2020, the last time that Matt Ritchie uh, was wow. on the score sheet. So uh, a long time ago. But a, a big point for Newcastle in the way that that yeah. the European places are. Uh, and looking, um, Johnny, I'll come to you then in terms of the cup final on Sunday. Um, what's your predictions for, for this one? Chelsea won on penalties. Yeah, I, 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 if it was a league game, I would back Liverpool the way it is, and I would tell you, Liverpool, even with the injuries, will probably, probably run through them. Chelsea are a cup team, and they're a good cup team, they're always there or thereabouts. Um, I think injuries with Liverpool is definitely going to cause them problems. They do have a lot of youth that can fill those gaps, and by all means, they've never looked out of place, the boys that they've brought in. But I think it'll be very, very close, and it goes to penalties. Whether that's a, a fool's hope or a, a genuine uh, 
And I'm, just, I'm not quite sure myself, but that, that's what I would go with. You just want revenge from the, the, the league a couple of years ago, wasn't it? When it was, what was it, about 11? We went to the keepers, didn't it? Um, no, no, no. Mason Mount had the post about seven times, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Shot him up in the top left box. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, uh, what's your prediction for that one on, on Sunday? Um, I, I think it will be a tight game. Yeah, as Johnny says, Chelsea are the their game, or they play better um, to against the so-called bigger bigger sides. Um, they are good in the cup. They know how to make it difficult for free-flowing teams. Um, but I just think oh, Liverpool are an emotional side, and I mean that in like in the best, like in the nicest possible way, you know. Klopp and the team and the fans, they do really bounce off each other when um, there's a, I don't know, United cause the fact it's potentially Klopp's last cup final for them. Um, I think I could see Liverpool winning and then dropping points midweek, uh, no, no, dropping points the weekend after because um, they'll burn themselves out on Sunday. Um, so I'm going to go Liverpool win. Interesting. Jamie, what's your thoughts on this one Sunday, mate? The one thing I'll say is that we never win a trophy the easy way. We always make it difficult, whether it's, as Johnny says, a nil-nil and it goes to 14 penalties each, um, which is, you know, causes me palpitations beyond belief. Um, I don't think we have it easy. I see if we had a full lineup. I think the injuries are going to play a part for us, unfortunately. Um I'd be it's gonna be nothing like the league game was a few weeks ago, um, where you know Chelsea kind of put their heads down and we just tore into them. At, you know, Liverpool at Wembley, we've got a good track record, but they're not born stormers, the 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 drab games, the dreary, the pitch is big, the grass is a lot heavier, it just always pans out like that when it comes to a cup final. So um I think um, Liverpool will win at four 0 <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I think I think it's going to be. I think it'll be two one. I think it'll be two one local. I think um, Palmer. I think Salah scores. Palmer scores penalty, and then uh, Darwin, Captain Chaos, comes off the bench and seals the deal. Oh, which end? Which mate. end? That was Can probably the fucking. <laughs> oh, sorry, two one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm with you, mate. I, I think it's going to be Chelsea on penalties. I think one all, and then we're going penalties, and Chelsea are going to win it on pens. So we've got a, we've got a split split panel tonight, which is always which is always a good. good I know sign. where my friends well, are. Thanks, Colin. Well, <laughs> well mentioned that I actually watched that cup final two years ago. I met up with Jamie for that game. That's I right. That he came through here for the day. Yeah, okay, I, I went through that. Um, <laughs> and we watched the. It was actually the Celtic cup final before the game, and the other mate was here, and he's a Celtic fan. And then I had to sit through that, and he made us watch the whole set. Was it? It was Sell It Hibs, one that Sell It Hibs, and then Chelsea Liverpool right after each other. And then John supports Hibs, and they got bent over as well. That was not a good day for John. Not a good day. Right, gents, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. But yeah, listeners, get your comments in, and and who you back for for the weekend? Uh, Last predictions. Yeah, get them in. Get them in. See if they're. uh, if there's more Chelsea or Liverpool fans that watch this uh, podcast. But uh, Colin, uh, thanks for tonight, mate. Thanks for coming back on. No, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed that, gents. Um, 
Yeah, I'm away to go and uh, catch up on the rest of the games that I've missed. Um, a lot of match match of the day to catch up on, but no, I enjoyed that tonight. Top man, uh, Johnny. Thanks for tonight, mate. I just lost my mute button. Uh, no, thank you. Great to have Colin back, and always a pleasure to sit and chat with you, gentlemen. Thank you. And yourself, mate, and yourself, and Jamie, thanks for tonight. Absolutely spot on, Mason. Thank you very much for hosting. I'm gonna go and look forward to watching Brentford uh, beat Manchester City, um, and then I am attending Anfield tomorrow for the for the Luton game. So uh, that'll probably be, that'll be one nil. Watch <laughs> Luton second, but third bottom of the league come to Anfield. We're chasing for the title, and it'll be a bloody absolute stinker. Um, it'll be. Uh, It'll be Harvey Elliott, 1-0. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that. I'll tell you what, if you've just predicted the, the two re- next Liverpool results and scorers and they come in, I'm asking you for the lottery numbers on the Sunday. <laughs> you that. But, Johnny's uh, still reeling after I predicted 4-1 when Chelsea came to Anfield a couple of weeks ago. I was at the game and I messaged him before. I said, this is 4-1. He went, no chance. He's still not happy with that because I got it right. So <laughs> you got to get one right, eh, Johnny? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> No, thanks for tonight, boys, and we'll be back next week to go through, um, which I'm sure will be another action-packed Premier League weekend on top of the League Cup final. But um, as always, thanks for listening.